So, Dale, I don't know how much you know about therapy, but it usually starts by you telling me a little something about yourself. I thought there'd be couches and Kleenex and shit. Look at me, son. It's not your fault. Do you want to talk about some of those feelings? I love you. Obviously, you don't know me. So how's this supposed to work? You sit, I sit, we talk. Hi, I'm Dr. Sam. And I'm Dr. Fran. Welcome to Freudian Scripts. The podcast where we put your favorite TV shows and movies on the hypothetical couch to take a deeper dive into the way psychology is portrayed. We analyze the way therapy looks in entertainment, discuss the way psychological diagnoses are portrayed, and break down other psychological themes seen on our screens. As a reminder, Freudian Scripts is for informational and entertainment purposes only. Please consult your mental health professional with any questions and seek care if needed. The content and clips in today's episode will contain explicit language and mature and adult themes, including sexual assault. We are really excited to be bringing you a new mini session today, and there's a lot to celebrate this month. So happy Pride. And also, as of May, Dr. Fran and I have officially been doing the Freudian Scripts podcast for two whole years. Yeah, it's a long time. We were both like, wait, has it really been two years? (laughs) Yeah, very surprising and an awesome milestone. So really excited to be bringing you um, the sessions that we have over the past two years. And while we are excited and very happy to celebrate these events and to continue to bring you content and talk about different movies and TV shows, we also do want to take a quick pause and acknowledge that there are national and international stressors and traumatic events occurring. And we believe that makes it even more important to continue to advocate for mental health and for people who are in need or interested to please seek therapy or extra support. So in that vein, we will be linking some resources on our website and social media pages that we hope can be helpful to people who are enduring these stressful events. Yeah, I think that that's such an important acknowledgement, Dr. Sam, and, and definitely agree. And please check out our website and our social media pages for resources related to getting extra support during times of increased stress um, and trauma. And and we also have a lot of resources from previous episodes, um, just with people wanting to learn more about different aspects that we talk about or get different support around different areas that we discuss on the podcast. So as we mentioned, there's a lot of stuff, a lot of content on the website, a lot of content on social, um, and there will be some more that we'll add today based on the content of um, today's episode. So as Dr. Sam alluded to, we're excited to be launching actually a new mini session format this month, the booster session. Dun, dun, dun. Sounds ominous. What is a booster session, Dr. Fran? <laughs> so in therapy, booster session refers to um, an occasional session. It's not usually a prescribed time, um, which occurs after the main course of treatment or the main sessions have ended. And the goal of these booster sessions are to reinforce our progress and skills that we learned in therapy or troubleshoot any obstacles that have gotten in the way um, or preventing the positive changes from staying or being maintained. Um, so I think Dr. Sam and I both have implemented these in the work that we've done. Yeah. This might be we've done a course of therapy with someone and maybe they have a stressor that comes up or they have a challenge a year, six months, six weeks from now. Um, and we maybe do do one or two booster sessions to kind of reinforce the things that we learned. And maybe that's all someone needs instead of having to return for like a whole additional course of therapy. And as an aside, if you haven't you know, participated in therapy before and heard of booster therapy sessions, I think a lot of people are now familiar with booster um, uh, immunizations or booster vaccines. (laughs) And those work a lot in the same way, right? Like after the initial treatment or a vaccine, kind of giving your body an extra bump of immunity to help protect you. And so you can kind of think of booster sessions Similarly, <laughs> yeah, though, it, it, yeah, it's it's been used in both ways in therapy and epidemiology for a long time. But now it's just in a yes. lot more of the public awareness, I think. Exactly. 
But we're super excited because for our first booster session, we are bringing back one of our favorite shows and one of our, you know, favorite sessions from the past two years. We are putting Sex Education, the Netflix show, back on the couch today. So, you know, we mentioned it's our two-year anniversary or birthday, however you want to look at it. And we covered this Netflix show two years ago to celebrate Pride Month in 2020. So we're looking forward to today where we're going to check in, follow up on some of the other characters and different themes from this awesome show. Um, As a quick disclaimer, you do not have to have listened to the original episode from 2020 in order to enjoy today's session or understand what's going on, but we definitely recommend checking it out because it's a good one. Yeah, absolutely. It was a fun episode to record, and I think in our Mm -hmm. Celebrating One Year episode that we did last year, I said this was my favorite session that we had done, Um, and I hold, it's it's definitely in my top, Um, and in our original uh, sex education episode, we did a full length, so like a close to 60-minute episode where we focused on the portrayal of pretend therapy um, (laughs) through the lens of Otis, uh, the main character doing bathroom sex therapy sessions with his classmates. So not real therapy, which we made very clear. Um, But for today's booster session, we're excited to be covering the actual therapist in the show, Otis's mom, Dr. Jean Milburn, and her work with Amy Gibbs, um, one of Otis's peers and and another important character throughout the show. If you have not listened to the original session on sex education, one of the big takeaways and one of the, you know, biggest peach don'ts that we have done over the years is definitely, like, do not pretend to be a teenage therapist and give sex advice and other advice to your peers. His mother, however, is a doctor and licensed professional who specializes in sex therapy. <laughs> um, so we're going to talk a little bit about her giving therapy to Amy Um, A little bit of background before we kind of jump into the therapy and some of the concerns or difficulties that Amy is experiencing. But she is one of the students at Mordell, and she's best friends with Maeve. Um, You might remember Maeve as the on and off, again, kind of love interest of Otis. I don't know if that's like the best way to describe it. Um, In season two, Amy is sexually assaulted while on the bus on her way to school when a adult male ejaculates on her jeans. So she reports the assault to the authorities and the police. um, And, you know, despite doing that and trying to get some help, she noticed that the assault continues to impact her several weeks later. She begins avoiding taking the bus because that reminds her of the event. She also starts to panic when her boyfriend tries to initiate sexual contact. And she starts to find that this is really impacting the way that she feels about herself and the way she's feeling kind of generally. Positively, at the end of season two, Amy opens up to Maeve and her boyfriend Steve about the assault. Um, She had been kind of keeping it into herself for a long time. With the help of her friends and their support, she's able to, in a moment of triumph, get back on the bus again. Let's actually listen to Amy describe the incident and kind of her feelings about the incident to her friends. And then we also hear her friends share similar or, you know, related experiences that they've also had. You can all stop looking at me now. So you can't get on the bus because you think that man's going to be on it again? No. It's more that he had this really kind face. I remember because he smiled at me. And he didn't look like some wanking psycho killer. So it's like, if he could do something like that, then anyone could. I always felt safe before, and now I don't. Probably sounds stupid. It doesn't sound stupid. I was groped at the train station last year. We were going to a gig in the city. This group of guys walked past, and one of them grabbed my tip. And it really, really hurt. So I sometimes feel funny in crowds too. It was like they thought my body was theirs or something. 
Yeah, like with public property. A few years ago, some boys were catcalling me. This woman told me it was my fault because my shorts were too revealing. So I went home and I cut them even shorter. Because fuck them. Good. Why should you have to change your behaviour because of what they did? Exactly. I used to go to the local swimming pool all the time when I was a kid. One day, this guy flashed me his penis in the pool. And it, it looked all dangly and funny under the water. <laughs> I told my mum about it, and she wouldn't let me go back anymore. It's sad because the pool's my favourite place to go. That's so unfair. I guess. But statistically, two-thirds of girls experience unwanted sexual attention or contact in public spaces before the age of 21. So it's not unusual. Why are some men so obsessed with getting their dicks out? Sometimes I go on chat roulette and there are so many flaccid penises on there. There are long ones, short ones, fat ones. There was once even one that looked like it had a tiny face. I think if I had an extra arm growing in between my legs, I might want to show everyone too. Yeah. Maybe it's a power thing. Yeah. I think the man on the bus liked that I was afraid. A man followed me home from work about a year ago. Every time I sped up, he sped up. It was so scary. He ran off when he saw my dad, which made me angry because I don't want to be dependent on another man to protect me. I'm sorry that happened to you. You too. Thank you. At least we can go home now. Dicks. <laughs> I feel like this is one of the reasons I love this show so much, I think is demonstrated in this scene. It's a heartbreaking scene to hear about these really negative experiences that these girls are having to go through. But I like that they kind of open up this conversation. You know, as one of the characters mentioned, unfortunately this is not something that is necessarily uncommon for women or teenage girls or young girls to receive unwanted sexual attention. Um, so I really like how the show opens this up for dialogue. I definitely agree. And something I also really like about this scene and this part of the storyline is that um, we tend to think about sexual assault as being a handful of very extreme um experiences that people can have. And while those do happen, when we're talking about like a broader category of unwanted sexual advances or unwanted sexual contact, there's a ton of different things that can fall into this category. And unfortunately, sometimes people might tend to minimize those experiences, like some of the ones that we hear talked about in, in this group of girls. Yet we hear that they can have a really huge impact on people's feelings of safety, um, feelings of comfort in certain spaces, even like willingness or excitement to engage in certain activities because of fear that some of these unwanted sexual advances might happen again um, and leading to this kind of like broader feeling of not being safe or and being more vulnerable um, than previously before the, the unwanted sexual experience. I think that's a great point, Dr. Fran. And I really think that can speak to the pervasiveness of this issue that people don't realize, you know, how a lot of women and young women um, often are thinking about scenarios like this or how to protect themselves or how to feel more safe or how to feel more comfortable or have certain things that they do so that they can engage in activities safely. Um, it's a lot to think about. It's a lot to prepare for. And like a lot of these girls we're talking about, there's just this general feeling of not being safe or feeling like they are uh, different or not in control of their bodies or the ways that they're perceived, which can have long-lasting effects like we're hearing uh, these girls talk about. Yeah, absolutely. So I agree. And I really appreciate we, we see the impact that having 
um, spoken about this in an open manner with other people who are supportive and receptive and validating and also like normalizing, like, yeah, I had a similar experience and I also feel that way. It helps Amy. And I think the other girls in this, um, setting feel, feel more accepted and feel more like their experience makes sense in the context of of what they experienced. Um, and then the nice thing that happens after this clip, uh, that Dr. Sam alluded to is that they actually help Amy go and they all get on the bus together. And it's this very, you know, kind of heartwarming scene where they're really supporting her in trying to take her life back and, and do the things that she used to do before this, um, this event occurred. Yeah. I think that is a great part of the scene that follows. And I think you also hit on a really important topic, Dr. Fran, about, you know, while these things might be common or people have different experiences like these young ladies are sharing, these situations should always be taken seriously and should be validated, right? So I think sometimes people can react by trying to say like, oh, it's okay, or oh, that's not that big of a deal. That happens to everyone, or that's happened to other people I know, and to kind of invalidate the experience in that way. But when we're kind of doing that or suggesting to that person, like, you know, they feel upset, they feel like this is a big deal, this has impacted them in a really big or negative way, we're like kind of sending the message that they're overreacting or their experience isn't important or isn't valid. So I think that when girls are sharing messages like this, it's important to continue to support and validate them and let them know that their feelings are real, their feelings are valid, and they do deserve to be respected and they do deserve to feel safe and they do deserve to do those activities that they want to do. And I think that's another thing the show does well is I can't remember, definitely not in this clip, but I can't remember any other times where Amy is treated in a way where she's made to feel that what happened to her was not a big deal or was not important. Everyone she seeks support Mm -hmm. through Everyone she seeks support from, including her friends, um, are very supportive. And in fact, they go a step further. So we learn in season three, we come back. Um, Amy has done, you know, gotten on the bus. She's doing really well in a lot of areas. And she's still struggling with intimacy with her boyfriend um, since the event happened. And so her best friend, Maeve, encourages her to see a therapist. And, and that's actually how she gets connected with Dr. Jean Milburn, who's a psychologist specializing in sex therapy and also happens to be Otis's mom. Um, but I think that's another just important piece that I like about this show is that not only are they providing support, but then her best friend is saying like, hey, you're still struggling with this. Like, I think it's time for you to get some extra help. Yeah. Good friend, good looking out. Yeah. Definitely recommendation that we can get behind and support. Good job, Maeve. <laughs> yeah, good job, Maeve. And importantly, Maeve suggests that she sees a real therapist, yes. not a fake school therapist. Also good on Maeve's part. Good job, Maeve. Double, double good job. <laughs> So speaking of Maeve making that excellent recommendation and suggesting that Amy go and meet with Dr. Jean Milburn, let's actually give a lesson to Amy's first session and kind of introduction to working with Dr. Milburn. Do you feel comfortable telling me a little bit about why you're here? Last term, I was sexually assaulted and I thought that I was getting over it, but I don't think I am. I used to like my body. And I used to like having sex, but ever since it happened, I don't like the way my body feels. I don't like looking at it, and I don't like my boyfriend touching it anymore. That must be difficult for you, Amy. Do you think you could tell me a little bit more about the assault? I was going to school, and everything felt normal. And then I got on the bus... And there was this man. Sorry. I just find it hard to talk about it sometimes. It's okay. We don't have to talk about anything you don't want to. 
I just want to be the old me again. Well, you may never be the old you, Amy, but that's okay. As human beings, we are constantly changing and developing. And by processing this trauma, you may gain clarity on the event itself and we can move you towards healing the relationship with your body again. Would you like that? Yeah, I'd like that. I really like this scene for a few different reasons. I think from the therapist perspective, I really appreciate the way Dr. Milburn comes in with these somewhat open-ended and very tentative questions. Like, can you tell me a bit about why you're here? Do you feel comfortable sharing a bit about what happened? Um, And so I really like that she gives Amy the power to kind of share as much or as little as she's ready to or feels comfortable. And uh, and Amy's like a model patient in this scene. Like she's able to so um, like cohesively articulate like how she's feeling and how this trauma has impacted her. Um, A lot of times people take a while to get to a point that they can articulate in this way, the way that trauma or things that have happened to them have impacted them. So she's clearly done a lot of like internal work um, and done a lot of self-reflection and maybe seeking support from others has helped her get to a point that she can really explain what happened and how it has impacted her. I agree. I think, you know, I don't always agree with Jean and different things that we see throughout the show, but I felt like I also... I also felt that her approach with Amy was done in a very positive way. She also, like we talked about with Amy's friends, like validated her feelings, Mm -hmm. like saying that must be very difficult for you. You know, oftentimes when working with someone who is describing a traumatic experience and the way that it is impacting them, you know, day one isn't always the day that someone is going to be ready to reshare that trauma and kind of re-experience that. And so also allowing Amy that leeway to to go as far as she was ready to in discussing what had happened to her. I really like that approach as well. Yeah. And this is kind of a minor point, but um, something I, again, like that the show does in portraying this is that, that they're using very specific language about what happened. Um, and that's often something that we recommend doing in the therapy context is naming what happened as sexual assault or trauma, as opposed to like the event or like what happened, um, because that can inadvertently minimize it. Right. And it's also a somewhat of a strategy of avoidance, right? If I refer to it as like that thing that happened, I'm kind of trying to separate myself versus if I'm trying to work on confronting it and really processing it, I may want to use the term. And then typically the therapist might mirror the term that the, the client wants to use. So Amy uses the term sexual assault, which I think was a very appropriate way to describe what happened to her. I agree. That's an important point, and I think a really like helpful thing to think about when talking about these topics. I also think you know you mentioned about Amy having done a lot of self reflection and having an idea of how the sexual assault has impacted her, both you know um, emotionally as well as physically. To this point, I think sometimes what we can see when we work with youth, especially if it's something you know maybe traumatic or even just something that they're worrying about or stressful. Um, you know, there's kind of a a range of emotions. There are certain people who have given it a lot of thought, right? It's something that they think about often. It's difficult maybe even to to disengage from thinking about. And it kind of gets to the point of, I have all these thoughts. I know what I'm thinking. I know what I'm feeling. But I don't know what to do with Mm -hmm. all these strong feelings and all of these thoughts that I'm expressing. And it seems like Amy's definitely at that point where she's like, I've thought about this. This is how I feel. And I want to know, like, what to do next to to feel better. Which is a perfect time to be in therapy because they help you with the next step. Yes. <laughs> Another piece I want to mention is I think these two clips do a really nice job of showing really common reactions to experiencing a sexual assault. Um, so having difficulties with physical intimacy following a sexual assault, having um, difficulties feeling comfortable in your body, um, having avoidance related to especially the situation, the exact 
situation where the assault happened, um, a lot of avoidance because it's, it's, it can cause this fear reaction following an assault that is very hard to want to stay with. Um, and I appreciate that Dr. Milburn brings in that, you know, maybe you won't go back to exactly who you were before, but we can create a space for you to heal from the trauma and, and heal that relationship with your body. Yes. And I think relatedly, you know, we see the avoidance of the bus in situations that remind Amy of the sexual assault. And we also see her generalizing or starting to feel also unsafe in other environments. Mm -hmm. And we can see that um, occur as well for people who have um, experienced a traumatic event where they have the fear specific to the, you know, the sexual assault or whatever the traumatic event may be, and they start to feel maybe unsafe or have strong emotions in other situations as well. And um, uh, we've heard Amy describe that in this clip and the previous clip. Let's now listen a bit more um, of a future session that Dr. Melbourne and Amy have together where uh, she continues to kind of describe some of the things that she's experiencing and feeling. And then she said, I was being unfair to Steve because I'm too much of a people pleaser to break up with him. And how did that make you feel? Like an idiot. Because she's probably right. She didn't have to say it in such a mean way. Why do you think she's right? Because it's true. I hate fights. I hate making people feel bad. So I just lie and tell them what they want to hear. Which is why I probably won't break up with Steve. And why I had such awful friends for so many years. And why I smiled at that gross, stupid man on the bus and made him think he could rub his stupid dick on me. Do you feel that if you hadn't smiled at him... He wouldn't have assaulted you? I don't know. Had you smiled at strangers before? And had that led to them assaulting you? Listen to me, Amy. What that man did to you on the bus has nothing to do with your smile or your personality and is only about him. And it is absolutely not your fault. Do you understand? Okay. I think similarly here, we see another very common reaction to trauma is uh, feeling a lot of guilt and a lot of shame. And oftentimes there are feelings and thoughts related to, I did something to deserve this, or I did something to bring this on. Um, and that can be very hard to identify and also to change. Um, and so we see here that Dr. Melbourne and Amy are able to identify that Amy has one of these thoughts of it's my fault to an extent that this happened because I smiled at the person on the bus. I think this is another great example of Amy showing amazing insight into the way that she's thinking and feeling. And we even kind of see the way she thinks because she starts off talking about you know, how she treats her friends and how she avoids conflict and how, you know, that conversation kind of leads to, and if I hadn't smiled at this man on the bus, I may not have been assaulted. Mm -hmm. um, so I think she has a really, really a lot of nice insight into like her feelings and thoughts that allows for Dr. Milburn and her to do that work of identifying it. I think similarly here, I appreciate Dr. Milburn's approach of kind of starting to lay the groundwork of like challenging these thoughts, right? Thinking about them in a different way. Mm -hmm. Like, have you smiled at other strangers before and yep. what happened? And kind of getting her to, to kind of break free of that, 
you know, those thoughts about it being her fault and, you know, things that she did or that she feels she did that led to the assault. Absolutely. I agree. They're laying the groundwork for likely future trauma work. um, And they're, of course, for TV, probably trying to condense it. I think in a typical therapy context, we may have the client try to get there on their own (laughs) um, as opposed to directly stating it like, like Dr. Milburn does. And at the same time, sometimes someone might need to hear that. Like you can see in the, you all can't see the clip um, on the podcast, obviously, but we'll link the clip to watch later. You can see the impact this is having on Amy to have someone say out loud, this was not your fault. Um, it actually reminds me a little bit of the scene from um, Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, it's yeah. not your fault. It's not your fault, right? Um, it's one thing to say that to someone. It's another for them to be able to internalize that and really believe it. And this is, I think, the first step towards kind of working towards correcting some of, of those thoughts and those those um, unfortunately incorrect assumptions and feelings that come up as a result of these type of events. I think you're exactly right, Dr. Fran. And it also reminded me of the Goodwill Hunting episode. And honestly, in a lot of, I think, TV show and movie portrayals of guilt, that's like a big piece of what um, we often see is other people telling them it's not their fault, which is like nice to hear and I think kind of demonstrates support and isn't going to necessarily be helpful until the person also, like you mentioned, kind of does that work and is able to process it in a way where they internalize and also believe or it's not their fault or no longer believe that it is their fault. Yeah. And, and just kind of on that note, when we think about what treatment might look like, I mean, I think, again, from the very small amount that we get, this is pretty accurate of what some of the early sessions could look like in working with someone who's been through a similar experience to Amy. Um, we talk about trauma-focused treatment and specifically trauma-focused cognitive behavioral therapy, TFCBT, which is one of our gold standard treatments for adolescents and children who have um, dealt with traumatic events. I believe in our Goodwill Hunting episode a bit, And then I think again in our Perks of Being a Wallflower episode. Um, So definitely check those out for a bit more deep dive into TFCBT. Um, But just briefly, um, it brings in a lot of the elements that we've kind of seen here that we've alluded to. So it works on helping people develop coping skills to be able to manage the intense emotions that can come up in response to traumatic events. Um, It oftentimes will involve maybe even talking through the trauma or writing about the trauma to be able to talk through that in a way that is helpful um, and healing in a way. Um, And there's oftentimes a component of coping with these thoughts that we have. And how can I take this thought and take a step back like Dr. Milburn starts to do here and be like, okay, I have smiled at people before and this didn't happen. Therefore, it is not a fair assumption that because I smiled, I was sexually assaulted. Um, So really diving into what we'll sometimes call like trauma cognitions to be able to correct those into more realistic beliefs. And what we don't hear in these clips, but as you watch the rest of the season, Amy continues to work with Dr. Melbourne and she does some other work kind of related to just feeling more positively about her body again and feeling more comfortable with her body. Um, And it seems to be successful and she kind of starts to explore and express herself in different ways that we kind of see, you know, that we, we see a little bit of from the TV show. And I think relatedly there can be some situations like that as well, like kind of, um, if, you know, Amy is afraid of going on the bus or there are other situations that she feels unsafe once she gets to a point of doing 
the work focused on the trauma and learning those coping skills to deal with those emotions and kind of changing those cognitions, being able to go back to those situations and hopefully not um, be overwhelmed by those unpleasant emotions. Yeah. And I think, I think that's a good point, Dr. Sam, of like, they're not doing this very specific trauma-focused CBT protocol yeah. <laughs> and it's helpful for her. And I also don't think it's an inaccurate portrayal of what therapy could look like in the real world for someone who's maybe not going through this very standard TFCBT protocol, or maybe Dr. Milburn is pulling aspects of it, but she's not like doing it page by page and, you know, in this very standardized way, we can still pull aspects of that into treatment and also work on other things besides the trauma, like body positivity in general or comfort with her body in general. Um, And we definitely see that throughout the rest of the clips. And it's nice to see Amy's progression through that and her in her work with Dr. Milburn. Which also makes sense given the context of the show, what we know Dr. Milburn specializes in. You know, we'd always recommend that people go to see providers and and people who specialize in what their specific needs or concerns are. We don't see everything that happens, obviously, in the therapy. So maybe Dr. Milburn is kind of more using the pieces, or maybe it is more standardized and we just don't see those pieces. Um, But we are glad that it appears to work for Amy. I think we, we could spend a lot of time talking about the different aspects of this. And because it's a mini yeah. session, booster session, we will keep ourselves on track and, and move towards wrapping up. But we will post a lot of resources from today on the website, um, things that we referenced here, but also just additional statistics and, and resources for, for anyone out there who is interested in learning more. And I do believe, you know, that sexual assault, trauma-focused cognitive behavioral therapy, other aspects that we kind of touched on in today's mini-sode do come up in other TV shows and movies. So definitely be sure to watch out for um, deeper dives on those topics, as well as kind of going back and visiting some of the other sessions that we've covered some of these topics on as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this was really fun. I I feel like we could do four booster sessions on yes. sex education with like all the different characters, but I think this was a, a nice one to choose, especially because we got to see another therapy portrayal. And at least in these specific clips that we showed, an overwhelmingly positive portrayal, in my opinion, of something that could be realistic and that is um, received very well by the client. Very true. I think a pretty accurate representation of what someone who experienced a sexual assault might express and feel and experience as well as a positive portrayal of the therapy involved and a positive experience in someone's friends recommending that they seek therapy and them doing so and seeing positive benefits. So definitely a positive one. And I was on Netflix the other day and when I was looking at sex education, it said new season coming soon. So who knows? Maybe there will be future booster sessions. Can't wait. <laughs> Next year. <laughs> yeah. Year three. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us for our first booster session. This has been really fun to try out. If there's other episodes from the previous two years that you would, would like us to do a booster session on, definitely let us know. We will be doing a fun um, year two in review uh, coming up in the next month or so. So definitely check that out and let us know if there's other shows or movies that you'd like us to put back on the couch at some point. Don't forget to check out our website as we referenced throughout today's session for different resources. We'll link the different clips that we um, talked about here as well and glossary of new terms. Find and follow us on social media at Freud Scripts Pod on all of the platforms. And we will definitely check that out where we post our monthly Freudian scriptures spotlight. Um, we also highlight upcoming sessions. And as we mentioned, we're also posting resources and different things on there as well. Time's up. See you next session. We'd like to thank our producer, Brandon, creative director, Eric, and webmaster, Don. <laughs> <laughs>